you go on my, my Facebook? And also, go do that Jesus song at the end. Okay. You put that right here. One right here, too. Oh, y'all know. I know how to get on your good side. Can I have my other two helpers up here? Listen, we don't celebrate... We don't celebrate Halloween, but we do celebrate candy. Amen? So, so we're just going to have a little moment here where I want these, these guys are going to help me because last time I nailed somebody in the face right over here when I tried to throw out the candy. So we're going to be throwing out some candy. So why don't you guys go ahead and pick up and help me throw out. I want to... I better stop. Come on. Come on. Get it up in the... Got plenty. More in the balcony. Heidi, get some in the balcony. One more group, yeah, there, just throw it out there. Okay, thanks. If you didn't get a piece, I'm sorry, I spent like 70 bucks on candy, so I can't do anything more. Good job. Thanks, guys. Thanks for your help. Oh, there's one little Milky Way bar here left. One lonely little Milky Way bar. Who didn't get a piece of candy? <laughs> hey, man. Because I know none of you are going trick-or-treating tonight because you're all coming to praise gathering, right? Is that today? What? Man, they were on fire this morning. <laughs> that team. Okay, no praise gathering. Sorry to t mess you up there. So today I want to talk to you about something kind of practical but extremely spiritual, and I really appreciated Desi's um, prophetic word on Monday. How many were here in, yeah, chapel on Monday? That was pretty powerful. Um, she talked, gave a prophetic word and talked about unity in the body here, in our, in our group of people. And um, if you weren't here to hear it, it just was, it was so timely because I was kind of questioning what um, I felt the Lord leading me to speak on today because I'm speaking on um, relational equity. And that doesn't really sound like super spiritual, but at the same time, how many know when, if we want unity in the body, if we want unity, if we want the Holy Spirit to move, if we want revival to start. How many know that we have to be united? 
There's a power in unity that the Holy Spirit that God designed for us. When we get into alignment with his spirit, when we get into an alignment with what he's doing, that frees God up to move in powerful ways. Amen? And so we're going to talk about uh, we are better together. And um, how many of you consider yourself a team player? How many of you kind of, you're more like a loner? It's okay. You can be a loner. It's all right. I'm a loner. Loners unite, all right? No. Um, Here's the test. The test on how you know whether you're a team player or a loner is for girls, it's when you go shopping. Now, you know how girls do everything in packs, right? So you always see them going to the bathroom in packs. You see them getting manicures and pedicures in packs. We go shopping together. If you like to go shopping with a group of girls, then you know you're a, a team player. If you like to, me, I'm a loner. Like, if I can go shopping with a group of girls, but I am not going to get anything done because something just switches off in my mind. Like, I'm not going to even be able to find anything. Someone's always waiting for me. I just cannot relax when I'm. So, if I'm really going for something specific, I have to go by myself. For guys, I know, like, with my husband, it's the Super Bowl. If he watches the Super Bowl with a, with a group of guys, it just messes him up. He has to watch the Super Bowl all by himself. So if you guys like to watch the big game by yourself, then you know that your tendency is towards being a loner. If you like it with a big group, like to celebrate, it's all awesome. So that's kind of how you can tell. So if I have it my way, that natural inclination, because I'm an introvert, I'm, I'm kind of a, you know, like to be at home, I like that that I would say that, that I will work alone if I had my choice. And for me, I've had to learn how to be a team player. Because how many know in this society, in our world, we cannot be a loner, right? We have to be in a team. We have to be working together. So I've had to learn how to do that. And in that, I have really discovered that there are great benefits to being on a team. Now, I didn't do sports but just in general, being on a team, there's so much that we can learn. And you know that God never sent anybody out in the Bible all by himself. He always had a group of people, whoever it was. They never worked alone. And our society now, when we know what this is like because we talk about it all the time, there's so much cynicism. We are so cynical as a society, so negative and so suspicious we are never, have never been more connected and never been more lonely at the same time, right? And so now it's, it's heightened because now instead of like on social media or on the news or whatever, we're not just trying to put each other down or defame. We're trying to destroy. People are trying to destroy people's lives. And so there's, people are going rogue. You've seen it. You've seen what's going on. They're losing their minds. And so there is something that the enemy is trying to do, and he's upping the ante now that um, is going crazy. And so in our in-your-face society, which is what I, I kind of call it, it seems that the normal reaction lately about anything and everything looks a little bit like this.
I call it the, like the spirit of the rolling of the eyes. Like people are just cynical. There's a real bullying spirit that, that is prevailing in our um, society. You see it in conversations um, on, the, on the news and, and just seeing what people are and how they're acting and, um, and how conversations can get escalated so fast like this. That's my granddaughter, Olivia. She's talking like her dad, the Brazilian, on the phone, and she's telling it like it is. That's cute for Olivia, but how many know when you become an adult, it's not cute anymore, right? And so we're trying, though, as a society to force our opinion on people. We, and if you don't agree with me, you're the enemy, Right? And we don't even try to understand context anymore. We don't even ask the question, help me understand, in our society. We immediately go to being offended. And so that's our society. That's what the society is feeding us. But Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 says this. Better are two than one because they have a good return for their work. That word return means it brings back around. It repays good. It restores. It refreshes. Better are two than one because they have good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered, but two can defend themselves, and a cord of three strands cannot easily be broken. What what do we see here? And what's God's heart is that he's talking about relational equity, relational value. How many know when you value something, then you take care of it? When you value something, you protect it. When you value something, something's important to you, you handle it carefully. And so I see here that good return, I see support. I see health and warmth and companionship. I see a protection in this scripture where someone is on your side and someone is fighting for you and someone's got your back. And I also see here the presence of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says a cord of three strands, how many know when a godly relationship is intact, the Holy Spirit is present, right? And so I want to show you something that has been very powerful in my life and give you an example of it. I I always thought that I wasn't very relational, but then the Holy Spirit reminded me of something that's happened in the last 12 years of my life, you know, because sometimes we just take things for granted that this is what it is. But God has given me something very powerful, and I want to show you a picture, what it represents. Can you put up the picture of the hands? Just look at that picture. This picture is a group of people that, these are my tribe. This is my community. And I gave every single one of those women um, a bracelet that night because we were headed, coming to North Central, so we were going to be split up. But for the last 12 years, God has been orchestrating a group of women, a group of a relationship, a deep bond with those hands. And I gave each one of them a bracelet that said she believed that she could, so she did. 
Because each one of those hands represents an incredible testimony. And so let's look at the next picture. These are the team that God has put in my life. These are my people. These are my tribe. This is my squad. These women are powerful in my life. They don't look alike, but we're together um, in spirit. And in this picture, what you see is you see a single mom. And there's a 29-year-old girl here in this picture who's been delivered from an alternative lifestyle. There's a woman in her 60s in this picture. There's a preacher's daughter who has come out of a very religious environment. Then there's a few women there that have gotten saved as an adult out of drugs and alcohol. There's a minister's wife from Zambia in this picture. There's a Hispanic woman who was married to a pastor, but her husband left her for another woman. There is a lady here that's studying for the ministry. There's a business owner in this picture. There is a stay-at-home mom. There is a homeschooling mom. There is several grandmas. In this picture, there are many backgrounds and there are many experiences. There's much pain, but there's incredible redemption. These are my friends. We have prayed together, we have cried together, we have laughed together, and we have argued together. We have reached conclusions together, and bottom line is we've discovered God together. Because we have grown together, we are girlfriends, we are partners in ministry, we are a prayer team, we are each other's confidants, we have each other's backs, we are completely and totally different, and yet we are one and united. And we have discovered that we are better together. In fact, I was talking to them. I did this message a, a couple weeks ago, and I Marco Poloed them, if you know what that is. I Marco Poloed my group because I have my tribe on my phone. And we have a group text that's ongoing. And they began, as I began to uh, tell them that I was going to share our story and um, let them know how powerful it is. I just began to thank them and, and let them know how grateful I was for their influence in my life. And they began to testify about what God had been doing in their, God has done in their life just because we are connected. It's a powerful thing to be connected to a tribe, to a group, to a people. And in this world that's determined to separate us and to pit us against each other, everyone's against each other. We have to be a light. And as the darkness gets darker, we have to become lighter, friends. We have to be different. Our differentness has to shine brighter than it ever has before. Matthew 5.14 says this, you are the light of the world. You are the illuminator in the world. The, that word light literally means to declare. I've talked to you before. Last year we talked about how we come and we influence. We are not to be influenced. But when we enter into a situation or into an environment, that our, what we have inside of us, the power of God that resides inside of us, we bring the, the kingdom of God into the room when we enter the room. We are the ones who are to influence. We are the light. We are the illuminators. And so 
we're learning, obviously, how to live in sync with God, but we have got to be learning how to live in sync with one another. And it's in that place that you will find what you need, which is community. That's where you will find community. The Bible says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. It's not one or the other. It's both. It's not rocket science. It's about relationship. We have to protect our community. In this room, this mass of people, we have many different types of personalities. We have introverts. We have extroverts. We have young and we have older. Older. We have experienced and we have the novice. We have cholerics and sanguines and phlegmatics and melancholy. We have administrative people and we have highly disorganized people. Shout out to the disorganized people. All right. We have visionaries in this room. We have detailed people. We have creatives in this room. There are type A personalities, B, C, D, whatever it is that you are. We have healthy family backgrounds. We have dysfunctional family backgrounds. We have people who walk in incredible confidence and people who are still struggling with insecurity. We have the naturally gifted people, and we have those who really have to work hard to get it done. We also have quite the dispositions in this room. We have the critic who is constantly complaining and gives unwanted advice. We have the martyr in this room who's always a victim and is just racked with self-pity. We have those who are the wet blanket, which is the pessimist in this room, that are automatically are going to go to the negative instead of the positive. We Don't worry, it's going to get better. We have the gossip who spreads rumors and leaks secrets. We have the control freak who always has to be in charge and is unable to let things go and just let it be. We have the volcano in this room who's always ready to erupt when anything goes against them. And we have the sponge who's always trying to get something and never give anything in return. Now, I know what you're all thinking right now. You're all thinking of somebody else, right? We're like, I wish that person was here in chapel today. They would have just been here. This is for them. Aren't you glad you're not part of that list? We also have in this room, we have the encourager who's always uplifting and has great things to say and is always upbeat. Then we have the eternal optimist who's usually talking in platitudes and it's really hard to have a conversation with them, but you always feel better when you're done talking to them. We have the celebrator who is always cheering people on and we have the prayer warrior who at any given time you will see praying for somebody in the hallway. You have the mentor who's always having coffee with somebody and willing to give great advice. And you have the spiritual mom and dad in this room that is always willing to give a hug or have a listening ear of anyone who comes in their path. In all of our different nests, friends, God has commanded us, not suggested, he has commanded us to dwell together, to live together, to live peaceably, to love one another. He's commanded us to work together and to learn from one another. See, we, the Bible talks about it. We are a body 
that we are jointly fit together, right? One joint needs another part of the body to attach to in order for it to be useful and in order for it to fulfill its purpose. So you can't remove yourself because not only will you be ineffective, but the body will become ineffective if we are not jointly fit together. Now, I know this isn't like a normal message, but God really impressed upon my heart that we needed to be reminded of some stuff. Because we are community. We're the body of Christ. We are one, the Bible says. And so in this community, everyone plays a part. Everyone brings something to the table. Everyone is needed. And you, my friend, are irreplaceable. Because you need somebody and somebody needs you. We have to value our community, amen? And then the second thing I want to talk about today is generational community. It's easy to forget this piece when we are at college and there's not a whole lot of elderly people. There's older people here, but there's not elderly people here. Christianity, and I give kudos to my husband for giving me this line, Christianity was entirely designed around generational community. House to house in the New Testament. And I was reminded today of a, of a story that Scott tells about his father. And his father was an incredible cheerleader to his boys when it came to sports. And he tells a story about he was playing. My husband was a football player. I know you, you're all surprised about that. He was a football player. He played football in high school. And that's about as far as it went. But he did play football. And his father would come to every single practice, and his father would be right on the sidelines, and he would be watching the play get set up right here on the, you know, right in the field. He'd be right there. Scott would look over, and he would see his father. Then they would make the play, and they'd run down the field, and they'd be all the way to the other side to where the tackle was made or where the, the, um, the uh, touchdown was made, and he would look over, and his dad would be right there. What was happening is his dad was running along with him. He was running and cheering him on, and he was right with him all the way down the field. He was his greatest cheerleader. And the Bible talks about that in Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run. Why do we run? Because we got the witnesses, friends. We have the witnesses that have gone before us that are cheering us on. And those witnesses are Bible characters in the word. We know it's about um, Hebrews chapter 11, the, the, the hall of faith, they call it. So you're running your race right now. And if Abraham is right next to you, he's running along and he's encouraging you. And he's saying, listen, don't doubt the promises of God because they don't ever fail you. If it's Moses, Moses is running alongside of you and he's saying, stay true to who God has made you to be. If it was Noah that was running alongside of you, he would be saying, hey, you know what? One person can make a difference. If it was Esther, Esther would be running alongside of you and she'd be saying, it's okay, God has a place for you. If it was Joseph, he would say, listen, don't give up on your dreams. Don't get tired. God's going to see you through. 
If it was Elijah, he would say, you know what? It doesn't matter where you are right now in your life. God is with you right now. And if it was Rahab, she would be running alongside of you and she would be saying, you know what? Stop looking at your past. Your very next decision can change everything. The cloud of witnesses. I call them the team, the witnesses in my life. What do they do in our lives? They they have gone before us and they have shown us what it means, what faith looks like in our lives and what it means to be obedient and how that works. They show us how to walk in the fear of the Lord. They show us how to stay steadfast in trouble and how to stay faithful when you're suffering. We need the framework of their lives in our lives because God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it doesn't change from them to us. They have shown us the way. I want you to show that picture of the hands. This hand picture is my mother-in-law, Scott's mom, and her, great grand, her grandsons and granddaughter. Somehow they did a plaster of Paris. They put it in a, in a I'm not sure how it happened, but they put it in a, bu- a bucket, came out looking like this. And this represents generational community. It's the older and the younger being just intertwined. We're not too separate. We're intertwined. And the next picture, it shows who they are. That's great-grandma great, that's great grandma and her great-grandchildren. And that's really the picture of what it looks like to have generational community. It's very powerful. It's very needed in our lives. We need to have older people in our lives. Amen. So I want to charge you today. I charge you as young people with something. You cannot become mature without having somebody more mature around you. It won't work. God didn't design it that way. I've always been in relationship with older women myself. And those older women... I know that I would not be here today doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for those ladies. They are women who prayed for me, who counseled me. They challenged me. They weren't afraid to disagree with me. When I was presenting something, they allowed me to process stuff in my life. They encouraged me along the way. They took me um, as a shy, completely backwards woman, person who doesn't, would never even take a mic, would never even be on a stage, and helped me to grow into a woman of God. I needed them to fulfill God's destiny in my life. And I want to charge you today, as young people, to find people that are older than you to have influence in your life. Respect the wisdom of the older. Be willing to listen to their stories They need, you need their perspective. You may not agree with how they did stuff, but how many know it's theology theology versus methodology? We do it different, but we learn from who came before us. Their lives give us framework. There is always something that you can learn from every conversation. We have to be, understand the value, the relational equity, understanding the value of our relationships. Because we're called to be a light, right? We're called to be a light. We are called to be different. And so we have to protect the community that God has given to us. Psalms 133 says this as I close. 
How good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil on the head, running down onto the beard, down onto the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. I want you to stand together with me. I know this sounded this was just a little different, but it's very important because if you want revival in your life, you got to be united with your brother and sister. If you want God to move and do everything that he has planned for you, you cannot be walking in unforgiveness and ought and offense and bitterness. It doesn't work. It will affect your ability to move forward. And so what I, what I want to do this morning as we close is I, we're really good at coming to the altar. We're really good at that. And I love the altar. But I really felt compelled that we need to pray for one another. It's not about the big powerful thing here. It's about you being connected with somebody. So as, as we're done here, I want each one of you to find somebody. I'm not going to make you sing, I love you with the love of the Lord or any of that kind of stuff that we used to hate. But I want you to find a friend, find somebody, and I want you to begin to pray over each other. Maybe share something that you're going through. Maybe declare something. Maybe the Lord will give you something and you prophesy over them. We are to be the light. We are to be illuminators. And that's how we become that is as we begin to practice togetherness, right? And so I just want to pray for you. And then I want you to find somebody right next to you. You just turn. It's just a start. But don't be afraid. Who cares? Like if people think you look dumb. Who cares? We're going after God. We don't care about what other people think, right? We have to love one another. We have to be connected. We have to be able to be a core group of people because how many know that the enemy is right outside the door there with, with groups of raging people that are going to try to dismantle your belief and understanding? We have to be connected. And so, God, I pray, Father, for us as a community of believers, Lord God, that you've called together this year, Lord, and I pray, Father, that we will remain connected, that we will seek out relationship, God, that we will um, learn from one another, we will unconditionally love one another, we will walk in humility, and we will, Lord, fight for oneness and unity, God. Father, so that we can be that light, that illuminator, that force, God, that you've called us to be in this uh, world for this time, God, in Jesus' name. I want you to find somebody right now and just pray over them. Maybe ask them what their greatest need is. Just begin to pray over one another as we close.